helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Hello there, everyday Americans. It's 2024, and I want to welcome you to the Constitution Study. I hope you had a good holiday season. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. I, I hope you ha- you're having a good New Year. Uh, I know personally, I, I took some time. I, I spent some time with the family and with friends and uh, kind of got refreshed and rejuvenated. I got some chores done around the property. Um, stuff that I've been putting off because I just hadn't had time, but it was nice to have a bit of a a slowdown. I can't say it was a complete break, but it was a bit of a of a slowdown, chance to catch my breath. And uh, well, I have to tell you that um, there was so much that has happened. Uh, part of me is just chomping at the bit to get back to speaking with you and and to having this discussion because um, literally just after I recorded my last episode um I, I i intentionally did not cover some of the uh, uh donald trump stuff i wanted to but i wanted to give it a chance to percolate and uh, so now i've got a lot of stuff that's happened over the the past week or so and uh let, let's put it this way there's been a lot of talk about insurrection in the united states lately a lot of talk and from both sides, and I've heard a lot of drivel from both sides. But as I look at what's been going on, I realize, you know, there has been a whole lot of insurrection going on in the United States the past few years. However, it's not been Donald Trump or January 6th that have been committing insurrection, but many parts of our federal government. See, that's the real insurrection that is going on, and that's what I'm going to start talking about here today. So if we're talking insurrection, we, we're, everyone's going back to the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. Um, under the 14th Amendment, Section 3, it says, No person shall be senator or representative of Congress or elector or of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds each House, remove such disability. That's the insurrection clause. Article 4, I'm sorry, Amendment 14, Section 3. And uh, I've heard some pretty wild and outlandish claims. Um, I heard somebody the other day say that the president, uh, see, the, the, you, you, they're talking about electors for president and vice president. The president doesn't fall under the, the office of president doesn't fall under this clause, except they kind of miss the, the civil or military office. Um, the president is a civil office of the, uh, of the United States. So, yeah, sorry, but there's there's a lot of crazy stuff. So let's let's do like we try to do here at the Constitution Study. Let's start at the beginning. What is insurrection? Well, going back to Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary, insurrection is a rising against civil or political authority, the open and active opposition of a number of persons to the execution of a law in a city or state. Interesting, he said, is equivalent to sedition, except sedition expresses a less extensive rising of citizens. 
It differs from rebellion, for the latter expresses a revolt or an attempt to overthrow the government to establish a different one or, uh, to, uh, or to place the country under another jurisdiction. It differs from mutiny, as it respects a civil or political government. Whereas a mutiny is the opposition of, to a law in the army or navy, insurrection is, however, used with, these, with such latitude as to comprehend uh, either sedition or rebellion. All right, so there's a, a bit of a long thing, but basically what we're talking about is a rising against civil or political authority. Now, again, that's the 1828 dictionary. The modern dictionary, the, the, the current online Merriam-Webster dictionary, simply says insurrection is an act or instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government. And here's the thing you need to understand. Okay, the government of the United States is not sovereign. I know, I just blew every constitutional scholar's mind, just went boom, it just exploded. Understand, the offices held by, the, by those in the, in the United States are not sovereign. What do you mean, Paul? Well, sovereign is the, the, the supreme political power. Now, this is very important because you have to understand, the supreme law in the United States is the Constitution of the United States. Well, almost. See, most of the state legislatures recognize, or state constitutions recognize, that all power is inherent in the people. The people are sovereign. So when you look at the at the federal government, it is not the sovereign power. It is not the it it is established, but it is not sovereign. And this becomes very important when I get a little farther into to this discussion. So of course we're all talking about um, uh, what happened in Colorado, uh, four to three. The state supreme court decided that um, Donald Trump. Um, uh, I guess he committed insurrection or he incited insurrection when he told people on January 6th to peacefully protest the, uh, uh, the election. Now, let's start with, I've heard so many people talk about the ruling of the Colorado Supreme Court. Well, guess what? I found the document. It says it's the opinion of the court, not the ruling of the court. But, all right, let's, let's see. First of all, the, the opinion is over 200 pages long. I just want you to stop and think. The 200 pages reminds me of an old saying. If you can't dazzle them with your brilliance, baffle them with uh, what a friend of mine used to call barnyard substance. Now, I have to admit, I didn't read all 200 and some odd pages, um, mainly because it was a lot of uh, legalese drivel to say something to say what is generally very simple statements, but I did go to the conclusion of the uh, of the opinion, um, and, and I found it very interesting because this is not what I've been hearing reported overall. But he did say the district court erred by concluding that Section Three does not apply to the president. Oh, okay, I've already shown that that part is true, right? The the Section 3 of, of the 14th Amendment does apply to the president since it is a civil office of the United States, the Office of Presidency. Now, for that reason, the, the, the conclusion went on, we therefore reverse the district court's judgment. As stated above, however, we affirm much of the district court's reasoning on other issues. 
Accordingly, we conclude that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3. It would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary to list President Trump as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. Okay, so they've decided that President Trump is disqualified because, and again, I did a little searching through here. Um, they say he incited insurrection because when he told people to peacefully protest, somehow that was inciting violence. That's the what what passes for logic and reason under the uh, apparently under the uh, Colorado Supreme Court. Now this was a four-three decision, so there were three dissenters. Um, the the first dissenter. Justice Boatwright seemed to focus on issues of Colorado election law. No, there's not the question of of so much uh, of the insurrection, but whether or not this was a case that could actually be brought to the courts under um, Colorado election law. The justice concluded, my opinion that this is an inadequate cause of action is dictated by the facts of this case, particularly the absence of a criminal conviction for an insurrection-related offense. Okay, so there's something very interesting because this now this justice saying there's no conviction for an insurrection-related event offense. Um, the Fourteenth Amendment says participated, not convicted. Uh, but again, you're innocent until proven guilty. But there's another twist to this. Um, Donald Trump has not been charged with insurrection. Yes, he was impeached, an impeachment that did not that that failed. Um, he was impeached for inciting an insurrection, but he's never been criminally charged with inciting an insurrection. Uh, next, we have Justice Seymour's dissent, which seemed to focus more on, on precedent as well as uh, Colorado election law, concluded in the first American Declaration of Rights in 1776, George Mason wrote that no free government nor blessing nor the blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people but by the recognition by all that by all citizens that they have rights and that such rights cannot be enjoyed save in a society where law is respected and due process is observed by the way this is the virginia constitution article 1 section 15 continuing on uh, uh some two and a half centuries later those words still ring true in 2023 just as in 1776 all, including those people who we may have who may have committed horrendous acts, are entitled to procedural due process. Because I cannot, in good conscience, join my colleagues in the majority in ruling that Section Three is self-executing, and that the expedited procedures in our election code afforded President Trump adequate due process of law, I respectfully dissent. So here we see another interesting one, where where the previous justice talked about. Um, the use of law and, and the fact that Trump wasn't convicted, this justice says, wait a second, we have a due process issue. A due process is defined by the Free Legal Dictionary as a judicial or governmental process designed to protect the rights of the individual. So we have a, a due process issue here. The third dissenter, a justice, uh, uh, Birkenkotter, I believe that's how it's pronounced, seem to focus on the uh, the actual argument made by the the plaintiffs the, the electors that wanted Trump kept off the the primary ballot um he, they, the con the conclusion was the electors argument below and before this court are to my mind unavailing too much of their position rests on the text like 
federal law and qualified candidate that on closer examination does not appear to mean what they say it means because it is taken out of context. So those are the, 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 the three dissents. And I want to look at those because they do give us a, a bit of a clue as to um, as to the state of affairs and probably the debate within the uh, w- within the, the the court, um, I, I, one of the dissenters actually said that uh, not only has Trump been denied due process, but it's like nothing they've seen in thirty three years. Uh, it, it is quite unprecedented. Now, there's one other point to this that I haven't seen people discuss. I haven't seen people talk about. And um, I think it's very important. See, some people note that that Trump, that, that the Colorado court said that Trump was not qualified to be on the Colorado primary ballot. Not that he was disqualified from the general election ballot, but most likely if he's disqualified for one, the assumption is going to be disqualified for the other. In fact, that seems to be the assumption is that since he's disqualified for the general ballot, he shouldn't be on the primary ballot. But this gets to a fundamental problem in our election system. You see, the primaries that are held are publicly funded elections for private organizations. The the Republican Party of Colorado is a private company, probably a 501c4, though I'm not 100% sure. It's a private corporation. But yet, not only does the state of Colorado fund their election to choose their champion for well, pretty much every office in the state. Um, now you have the state of Colorado, the the court of the state of Colorado, telling this private organization who they can and cannot propose for president. Now, agreed. If he's dis, if if there was a an actual case that Trump should would be disqualified, it would be foolish for the uh, the the Colorado GOP to put him up as a candidate, but that hasn't happened. This this smacks of um, simply a politicized court looking for a politicized end, because as their own dissent points out, there's been no due process. Even there's questions about the plaintiffs having standing in the or that the case has any merit to it in in the first place. they can provide no evidence, at least not that I've seen, that Trump actually called for an insurrection. A, because he never said we need to oust the government. He said the election, as I understand it, the election was stolen, which is a very important point. If he believed the election was stolen, which he obviously does, is it insurrection to say, how can you count the election if it was if the electors that cast those votes were fraudulently appointed, that is not an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen. That's though well, that's trying to support the Constitution of the United States. Now you may disagree. You may not believe it was stolen. You may those believe those electors are legitimately appointed. But if you're telling the American people they have no authority to dissent from the question of an election while at the same time you spent years dissenting from the, the, the legitimacy of an election, um, that's beyond hypocrisy. That's something truly, truly unique. And it's going to lead me into the, the question of the real insurrection, but I have a break coming up. Before I go, though, 
uh, you know, during this the holiday season, I did take some time to consider a couple of things I want to do with the Constitution study. For example, if you've been considering the Patriots program, I, I'm asking the Patriots, I want to do a Constitution study with the Patriots. This will be members only. If you're a member of the Patriots, you'll be able to join this Constitution study. I'm not sure yet. I've only had a couple people respond, and I want a bit more details. But it's one thing we may add to this process if you become a Patriot. Find out more at constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. By the way, I'm still considering some new uh, mailing features, such as do you want to get uh, links to my to, to, to articles I think are important? Uh, I post them on the website. Would you like to get a daily email with the news that I found important enough to share? Um, I don't. I haven't set it up yet, but let me know. Comment on, on any of these platforms, or just go to the website constitutionstudy.com and um, contact. You'll you'll find the you go under about me about us and you'll find contact paul let me know if you'd be interested if you are well i'll certainly consider this and i've and i've been adding some other updates to the mailing list so uh you can check out a mailing list while you're at it speaking of that if you hung out at the website if you check out the website i did a a new year's day article where i talked about i don't do resolutions but suggestions and one of the suggestions i made was to vote widely to be informed well, a great way to help you be informed is to go to AmericaOutloud.news every day to see what's going on. See, it's important we do our part. Not only that we, we learn about the news and information that we can use to, to guide our voting, but that we share it. Though you take the articles, the podcasts, the stories, even the videos, something that says something important to you and share it. Share it with friends, share it with family, share it on social media. It doesn't really matter how far and how wide your contact is. I don't care how many followers you have, but get in the habit of sharing information that you find important. That's, ladies and gentlemen, how we secure the blessings of liberty. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. 
What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about the real insurrection in the United States. We spent the entire first segment talking about the the Colorado Supreme Court opinion that said uh, Donald Trump could not be on the primary ballot. I have to point out, I didn't, the first one, I didn't want to point out that Colorado has put that decision on hold as it's been appealed to the Supreme Court. Because there are several states that have similar uh, cases going on. I'll talk a little bit more about them later. But before we leave Colorado, we talked about what the Supreme Court has done. How about what, how people are reacting to what the Supreme Court has done? Now, again, remember, a primary is a government-funded election for a private organization. Right? It, it, it's, this is an important thing to understand. So that the Colorado GOP says, okay, if you're not going to let us be on a primary ballot, what can we do? Well, all right, we already know it's being, it's being a, a decision being appealed to the Supreme Court. Um, one of the things that the uh, the GOP is considering is actually moving from a primary to a caucus in the uh, uh, in, within Colorado. Now, if GOP went to the the Colorado GOP went to a pure caucus system, then who is there, there's no I guess there's no ballot. Um, the the members of the party would get together in their precincts and they could put whatever name they want forward. And don't tell the uh, the Colorado Supreme Court to go pound sand. With, and again, telling government officials that have gone too far to pound sand, I kind of like that as a general rule. Um, so that's one way of dealing that. But there have been a lot of, of reactions. And I want to look at some of those during this segment. Now, as I said, Colorado wasn't the first state to try this um, to the first state to have a, a suit to try and get Donald Trump off the primary ballot. But apparently since the Colorado decision, there have been suits coming up in many other states, including Arizona, Minnesota, and New Hampshire, and Michigan, all with the goal of keeping President Trump off the ballot. Now, this brings to mind something else that I've, I've discussed with people before. See, I have, well, I guess what most people consider a a unique point of view when it comes to term limits. I think term limits are destructive to the republic. See, we forget that as as voters, we can decide that someone has served long enough and therefore vote against them. We can every time someone's up for an election, we get to decide. What term limits do is they are uh, 
a, a generally a legislative or a constitutional method to say, you're not allowed to make that decision anymore. It is a way of telling people who they can and cannot vote for. So this is not so much saying we want to keep somebody off the ballot. This is we don't want to give people the chance to vote for them. Though that's what term limits are. And uh, by the way, this is exactly what's been what's going on in these states. We think it is so dangerous that should President Trump actually win again, we he cannot be allowed on the ballot. And this is this is shown by by all the the hyperbolic, ridiculous nonsense we've heard lately about you know Trump, Hitler, and and uh, you know all the things he didn't do when he was president before. He's now going to do them because um, I don't know because people are crazy. And there are other methods being used, not simply lawsuits. Um, in the state of New York, uh, one assemblyman, a Jeffrey Denowitz, he introduced a bill to amend New York state election law to require the removing of an insurrectionist president, a presidential election candidate uh, from the ballot. Um, of course, again, we still have the question of insurrection and the fact that um, there's absolutely no evidence that Trump actually committed insurrection. Did he participate? Did he even was attempting to ins to incite an insurrection? Um, and I want to get uh, I'm, I'm holding off on that for a little bit because I, I got a couple of things I will explain that in more detail. But hold on to that for a second because now we have the question of using fire to fight fire, and now we're seeing more. We're seeing several uh, states, Republicans in several states that are now trying to use similar tactics to get Biden off the uh, off the ballot. Lawmakers in Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania have all presented legislation that would basically try to keep Joe Biden off the ballot in their states. Now, they're doing this, as I understand it, claiming that, um, that Joe Biden has committed insurrection through the implementation of some of his policies. I've heard people claim it's because he refused to enforce the law regarding the, the southern border or um, his, his uh, uh, alleged participation with his son in influence peddling. Um, but they all admit that really what they're doing is they're reacting to Colorado. They're saying, Colorado, you're going to kick our leader off. We're going to kick the Democrats' leader off. And this, by the way, leads to uh, a death spiral. This, ladies and gentlemen, is an actual insurrection. It, it is an attempt to uh, over, overthrow uh, the civil authority, to overthrow an established government. And by that, I don't mean the federal government. I mean the government established by the Constitution of the United States, where states appoint uh, electors for president based on the a, a, a manner determined by their state legislature. This is merely the latest attempt at insurrection to prevent the uh, the choice uh, the states a choice of um of elector uh, of of president I should say a to manipulate the system. Again, <clears throat> very interesting. The electors are appointed in a manner determined by the legislature of Colorado. But the, it's the Colorado Supreme Court that has said, no, 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 you can't do that. And yeah, they've done it for 
I believe, political means. They've certainly done it in violation of the, the, the 14th Amendment. Uh, this is a due process issue. But what happens when now it's, it's a tit for tat, right? Now, when, um, uh, uh, when you know, oh, if you do this to my, to, to my candidate, I'm going to do it to your candidate. We've completely thrown out the process, the constitutional process of, of selecting a president. It's, be, it's being trashed as we watch. Uh, even, you know, again, the Texas lieutenant governor is now floating ideas of, of trying to find a way to bar Biden from the Texas ballot, which means now, um, again, the whole process of choosing a president is being torn apart. And we're, we're seeing more and more people, I'm seeing people are, are, um, calling for this, not simply the states that are saying, oh, we're, we're going to some of this legislation, I'm seeing pundits saying, you have to. If you don't, then the system's destroyed. This is part of destroying the system. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what Washington warned us about. He told us in his farewell address, he said, the alternate domination of one factor faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, is itself a frightful despotism. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are. We are seeing this is an insurrection. It is an overturning, a a a, uh, um, a revolt against the government established by the Constitution of the United States. It is turning us from a um, a, a republic into some form of oligarchy, some scenario where the political parties rule. And they fight among themselves as to who will be president rather than the people choosing their representatives. If the people do not choose the representatives, we are not a republic. And as I said, this has been going on for a while. This has been going on, I, I would trace it back. I'd say it really started, um, this, this idea really started in, in, 2000, in the 2000 election. When people refused to accept the the George W. Bush as president because the while Al Gore was trying to manipulate the process in Florida to win the election, um, and yes, he, he was manipulating. He kept wanting to recount, and he want he kept asking for recounts in specific areas to get the answer he wanted. He was trying to re, he revolted against the civil authority, the Constitution against the government established by that authority, which is how we choose a president, that was kind of its, its infancy, right? That's, it, was, it, it initially started. It came to bloom, I would say, in, in 2016, with, where you actually had parts of the government, of the administrative branch of the government, the, the executive branch, involving themselves in the presidential election, intentionally attacking one party's candidate. Um, that was an insurrection. That was a, you know, we're, we're going to throw the Constitution out. We're going to ignore the civil authority. We're going to ignore the established government. We are going to make this up because we know better than everybody else. And, and we have to do this because you're too stupid to be able to do it. You're, you're too stupid to be, to be allowed to choose who you want your state to vote for for president. We have to limit that for you because we just know better. And even uh, California Lieutenant Governor uh, Kanowski, well, 
she made some remarks that shows not only uh, her willingness to participate in the insurrection, but to uh, obviously doesn't she's not read or understood the Constitution. You see, she sent a letter to the California Secretary of State uh, saying, I urge you to explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. She doesn't want this. Uh, she's, it's too dangerous. She goes on to say, I am prompted by the Colorado Supreme Court's recent ruling that former President Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's ballot as a presidential candidate due to his role in inciting an insurrection in the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Because this decision is about honoring the rule of law in our country and protecting the fundamental pillars of our democracy. How are you honoring the rule of law when you are intentionally violating the rule of law? You look at the Colorado decision, it is a violation of the Constitution. It's a violation of the rule of law. It's a violation of due process. But again, we're dealing with the, the um, spirit of revenge that is part of of this party dissension. Now, Lieutenant Governor has gotten a lot of kickback for a couple of things. She said in this letter, uh, the Colorado decision can be the basis for similar decisions here in our state. The Constitution is clear. You must be 40 years old and not be an insurrectionist. As she's talking about qualifications for president. Uh, first of all, the qualification for president is not 40, but 35 years old. Um, and uh, it, it, it actually says you must not have participated in insurrection or rebellion, but you still have to prove. See, here's the interesting twist. Notice how she flips it. She's asking the, she's basically saying the president has to, the candidate has to prove they're not an insurrectionist, kind of way that you prove you're 35 years old, as, a, as opposed to understanding that it's actually up to the state to prove that he's disqualified by showing that he actually incited an insurrection, not because some politician said, where's the evidence? Where's the facts? I keep telling people, you know, they, they come to me um, uh, saying, well, this statement is true. And I go, well, where's the evidence? Well, you'll go find it. I says, no, you made the statement. You need to back it up with evidence. Just, I'm not going to believe it just because you say so. And by the way, neither should any of you, including what I say. Check it out. Look it up. That's why I keep quoting actual sources. Now, not every state has gone, you know, crazy this way. Uh, for example, West Virginia, a federal court in West Virginia um, denied uh, the attempt by uh, John Anthony Castro um, to remove Trump because they said uh, he has no campaign offices, staff or advertising in West Virginia. He does not appear in polling, has little name recognition among West Virginia Republican primary voters, and has extremely minimal campaign funds, vastly insufficient to run an actual campaign. Uh, therefore, he has no standing because he's not actually a candidate that would be challenged by uh, Donald Trump. So I, I hope what you see, you're seeing what I'm talking about when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, is the insurrection. This is the replacement of the Constitution with partisan politics. If I can find a way to prevent my opponent from appearing on the ballot, well then, hey, I don't have to worry about actually winning an election. I don't need the people to vote for representation. I can simply make it up by party politics. Doesn't that sound like a, a frightful despotism to you? He, uh, George Washington also said, uh, the disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the 
arbit uh, absolute power of an individual. Well, we're seeing the inverse of that, which is we're seeing the the uh, uh, the seeking security in the um, lack of power and the destruction of power of an individual. In other words, rather than looking at one individual saying, you take all the power and do it for us, they're saying, oh my God, this person cannot be allowed power and we must do anything we can to prevent him from actually, uh, oh, I don't know, participating in an election. But ladies and gentlemen, this is only one front of the insurrection. There is more, but I have to take a break first. Before I go, you know, I hope you were able to get some good night's sleep uh, while you're well, during this holiday season. Um, it's important to get a good night's sleep. And if you're tired of being tired, well, I found the only sleep supplement that supports all four stages of sleep. It helps you fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deeply so I can wake up refreshed. And that's Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplements. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop, including how you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. But this is great. It's a travel-ready gel pack. I throw it in my bag when I travel. And I take one about 20, 30 minutes before I go to bed, and it helps me drift off to sleep so I can sleep well. Because if I'm going to be up and doing a lot of this work, I need to have a good night's rest, and so do you. Now, again, you can get 25% off of your first order from Healthy Cell. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. I suggest trying REM sleep in that first uh, bat, in that first cart order you make because it'll help you get the rest that you need. The out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow. 
get heart healthy, go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. And I pointed out before the last break that uh, th this whole election insanity is merely a single front on the ongoing insurrection against the Constitution. And to give you, to, to point it out, I want to start with an example when it didn't happen back in 1987. Now, how many of you remember this line? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That line almost didn't happen. I've heard this story from multiple sources, but um, yeah, you go back to the, the uh, President Reagan was doing a series of speeches through Europe, including one in front of the Brandon, Brandenburg Gate at the, uh, the wall between East and West Germany. And he wanted to say something powerful. He wanted that Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. But you see, the foreign policy experts, the, the, um, uh, the State Department, even experts in the White House, well, they wanted to make, they wanted better relations with the Soviet Union. They didn't want to challenge them. Now, what's funny is, as, I under, as I've heard the story best, um, Reagan's speechwriter, uh, Peter Robinson, um, produced the draft. He put the line in, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the foreign policy experts kept pulling it out. And Reagan said, no, I like that line. Put it in. Try to take it out. Even people that we know today, like like Colin Powell, um, he was then the national security on the National Security Council. He wanted it pulled out. He didn't want to do that. He said it was unpresidential. The way I heard it best is at one point um, the the speechwriter was there and and they said, well, you know, these people, the the, the foreign the experts, they don't want you to say that. And Reagan said, um, I am the president, aren't I? And the line remained in. Now, that's before the insurrection. Consider where we are now, where the, the bureaucrats basically spent uh, four years under Trump doing everything they could to prevent him from enacting his policies. Everything from the, remember the FBI, uh, when, they, when they had the, the Steele dossier, they knew it was fake, but you still had Clapper and, and, and others on television saying, oh, no, no, we, we're doing this investigation. There's evidence. They knew the evidence was fake. But you see, they were, they were trying to manipulate the election. They were trying to prevent Trump from doing what he wanted to do by simply getting in the way, by leaking secret information, doing everything they could to subvert the actual elected executive of the United States. Now, we're still seeing that today, by the way. See, there's a, 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 an issue pending before the Supreme Court about uh, Jack Smith's um, uh, a, a case against Donald Trump. Uh, this, again, involves not insurrection, because he's not been charged with insurrection. Uh, he's been charged with a lot of other things. But here's interesting. A, a brief filed by former uh, U.S. Attorney General Edwin Meese points out something very interesting. He says that, Smith's appointment as special counsel is unconstitutional, so the court should reject 
every, this entire campaign against Trump. Okay, now that sounded it got my attention. What's he talking about? Well, according to the the brief from Mr. Meese, he said um, Merrick Garland had no authority to appoint Mr. Smith. He said there's an he he created an office that does not exist, which is not a power delegated to the Attorney General. In fact, his quote that he appointed Smith to an office that does not exist with authority Garland doesn't does not possess. By the way, Meese was joined by Steve Calabresi of the Federal Society and Gary Lawson, uh, who's a, 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 a constitutional law professor. And they point out that under the Constitution, only Congress can create federal offices like the one Mr. Smith now holds. And by the way, gets taxpayer funding from. Congress never created that office. In fact, the Constitution requires that such an office be established by law. And um, there was a law providing independent councils, but it had expired decades ago. I've heard other lawyers point out that that uh, Garland cannot hire a mere employee to perform tasks that Congress has not authorized. Now, again, this is the insurrection. We will violate the Constitution. We will create an office that does not legally exist to attack our political enemies. That's an insurrection against the legitimate government of the United States established by the Constitution of the United States. It is an, an act against the civil authority and the established government not the offices, not the people in the offices, the offices that the Constitution created. It is an attack. And it, it, that's merely one example. There's another example I pointed out before, and this is uh, actually pointed out by uh, Mark Morano. Uh, he is the uh, executive editor of Climate Depot. He points out that the Biden administration signed on to a pledge to start transitioning away from fossil fuels at the United Nations C, uh, uh, COP28 climate sub, uh, summit. There's just one itsy-bitsy little problem. As Mr. Moreno says, we never had a vote. It's all been decided with executive orders, mid-level bureaucrats, corporate government collusion, executive agencies. In other words, not the representatives of the people. This is not established by law. Now, I pointed out that um, uh, COP28 is legally void in the United States because, first of all, it's not been ratified by the Senate, so it's not a legal treaty. And second of all, even if it was ratified by the Senate, it's uh, exercising a, a power's authority not delegated to the United States. Therefore, it's not the supreme law of the land. Therefore, it should be ignored and void as a violation of the Constitution. But again, what it, this is the point that really got my attention. All of this, all of this has not been done by the representatives of the people. It has been done by bureaucrats, by executive orders, by executive agencies. In other words, the representatives of the people are not establishing these laws and these rules. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an insurrection against the legitimate government of the United States. It says, this is this is bureaucrats and executives saying we can do whatever the heck we want because we're sovereign. We're bosses. We can do whatever we want because who's going to oppose us? 
Well, it's time for the American people to oppose them. And not simply them, but the criminal actions that they commit. Uh, for example, the Department of Energy says it's been... Do you remember when um, Biden talked about banning gas stoves and other appliances? And he got roundly attacked for that and kind of had to back off. Well, now guess what? The Department of Energy, an agency that does not legally exist, by the way, they've announced they're spending $530 million of your money to bribe states and cities to implement the building codes that the president got slapped for for trying to do directly. Oh, if we can't do it ourselves, we'll bribe other people. This is bribery. We'll give you money if you do what we want. That's, ladies and gentlemen, the definition of bribery. From the Free Legal Dictionary, bribery is the offering, giving, receiving, or soliciting of something of value for the purpose of influencing the action of an official in the discharge of his or her public or legal duties. How is offering them millions of dollars to implement these not bribery? not offering them something of value, money, to influence the action of a, uh, influence an official in the discharge of their duties. This is bribery, but it's also insurrection because it's subverting the, the, the it, it's um, resisting. It's an act against the established government, the government established not by the bureaucrats, not by the politicians, but by the Constitution of the United States. But Biden's not done. It's been reported the White House is trying to piece together funding for this American Climate Corps to train thousands, to brainwash thousands of young Americans to work in, quote-unquote, green energy. I say quotes because green energy is some of the most polluting energy on the planet. When you consider the mining and processing of minerals necessary for solar panels, for the, when you talk about disposing of solar panels, disposing of wind turbines, it is truly it, um, uh, it, it truly is destructive to the environment. But notice, we didn't fight Congress. Here, here's money to go do this. This is not money appropriated for this purpose. This is a way of trying manipulating the purposes of Congress to fund a program that Congress has not authorized, to effectively create an agency not established by law, the American Climate Corps. Again, this is an this it's an insurrection. It is a revolt against the Constitution of the United States. And it's been going on for decades, right under our noses, and we just haven't seen it. Or, or maybe we've seen it, we just haven't thought of it this way. And it's not just the, the, the president, it's not just this president, and it's not just the executive branch. The, the Biden administration announced it's, it has a plan to appropriate $600 million to give away grants to agencies through the Environmental Protection Agency, another agency that doesn't legally exist, for the purpose of uh, encouraging these, these locales to, um, again, establish their climate agenda. Now, if, that, if they can get that through Congress, if Congress is going to appropriate $600 million to do something that Congress has not authorized, that doesn't make it legal, and it certainly doesn't make it constitutional. 
And these are just a few of the examples. Think of how many times we have laws that are actually regulations that they call that they have the power of law to rule your life. That is an insurrection against the Constitution. It is not contrary to the government created by the Constitution of the United States that says all legislative power, all lawmaking power is vested in Congress. Even the, the, uh, the, the courts are in it, usurping the power of the, of the legislative by claiming that what their opinions are case law, that their opinion is, is constitutional law. The courts don't make law. That is a usurpation. It is a revolt against the established government. And we just, we don't think of it this way. We've been so brainwashed. It's happened so slowly that we didn't recognize the, the long-term effects of these, these little infringements. It's a little infringement. It's just a little bit of stuff. But it's literally destroyed the country. The, the, um, the republic, well, think about it. the republic doesn't exist. If the if if the branches of government can go after a political opponent without any evidence, well then the republic doesn't exist. If our elections can be manipulated by government and, and private actors, if you can be denied the right to stand for an election because somebody decided that what you did was insurrection without any proof or evidence, we're not in a republic anymore. If the representatives of the people no longer make law, we're not a republic anymore. And this has been going on and on and on. How about this one? There is a federally funded program for home visiting. It, it, again, it's bribery. It's, it's an unconstitutional act. It's appropriating money. You know, remember, Congress can only appropriate money for three things to pay the debts of the United States, for the common defense of the United States, and for the general welfare of the United States, capital U, capital S, a proper noun, the very same proper noun that says, if the Constitution doesn't say you can do it, you can't. So first, we create an illegal organization, an illegal agency called the uh, Maternal, Infant, and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program. Now, it was created with good purposes, right? They wanted to, to combat abuse and, and neglect. There's just one problem. That's not a power delegated to the United States. It was illegal for Congress to create, much less fund, such an agency. And now this agency, according to certain documents, says that uh, steering a child away from gender expression that does not correspond with their biological uh, sex is now considered abuse. That's right. Giving Mental advice, giving advice to a child to, to that, that about reality, about the world, is now considered abuse by these bribery agents. As if, first of all, the federal government has no saying, no power to, to deal with this. They have no power to spend money on this. This is bribery. And now they're using that to extort parents into ignoring a mental issue with their child or even just the fact that as a young child, you experiment, you try things, you, you, you know, and, and the vast majority of them grow out of this nonsense. No, no, no. You don't do that. If you don't enforce that, that's now considered child abuse. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the insurrection. It was not January 6th. It's not Donald Trump. It's the government. It's the politicians. It's the corporate media. It is all of these entities that simply 
ignore the Constitution, sub actively subvert the Constitution of the United States, subvert the government that it created, turn it into something it is not. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the insurrection. It's been going on for decades. And now most people will say, well, it's not really insurrection. You need to look at the details because they are, these are acts designed to revolt against the civil authority created by the Constitution, to revolt against the government established by the Constitution. That, ladies and gentlemen, is insurrection. You add to that the, the, the criminal activity of depriving people of rights. You add to that the bribery coming out of Washington, D.C., the usurpation of powers coming out of all the branches of the government. And how can you call it anything but insurrection to literally upend the government that was created, to replace it not with a republic, not with the will of the people, not with the government and by and for the people, but with an oligarchy ruled by, by, by judges or bureaucrats or pundits or even the media. That's the insurrection, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe it took us too long to, to actually use that term for it. But it's about time we start treating this as the insurrection it truly is. Now, I hope you'll come back and join us here at the Constitution Study. We're on every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, all episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. Find them on your favorite podcast app, but please subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please share those links, share those stories, share this podcast and the radio program. Only by sharing this information do we stand a chance at continuing to share and enjoy the blessings of liberty. <laughs>